Hello and welcome to the Comms Business Channel Insider podcast. I'm Charlotte, editor of Comms Business, and today we're talking about mental health. Paul Gibbs, sales director at MyPhones, talks to Peter Orr, CEO of Mental Health Associates, and Gary May, managing director at Salesology. As you'll hear, all three have deeply personal reasons for wanting to spotlight mental health, and they're united in their belief that the channel needs to do more to look out for each other. This is a change that is already in progress. Plenty of businesses have taken significant steps to recognise the reality that everyone needs to look after their own mental health and that of those around them. But as we'll hear, there are certain roles that are under a lot of pressure at the moment. We must all play a role in opening up the conversation so people know what to do if they ever experience bad mental health. Paul is the first voice you'll hear. The reason I wanted to talk about this, uh, you know, I know it's sort of out there in the channel, but a friend of mine, Nick Blackwood, recently uh, committed suicide and I, I wanted to bring it to the fore and make everyone aware that mental health has been zeroed in on during coronavirus. You know, it's become a lot worse. I think, you know, suicide rates are up 30%. And, and that's that's because we're, we're all under work differently and behave differently. So, you know, I, I wanted to get Peter on, because Peter has created a charity called Mental Health Associates. I'll let Peter tell you all about what, what they're doing, the fantastic help they're giving within the sort of our sector. is great, so I'll let Peter talk about that. I wanted to bring on Gary May, because I think that salespeople have been hugely affected during this time, because sales are being affected. It affects their mental health, it affects their pay packets. And it's just really around the psychology of that. Obviously, Gary's an expert in sales psychology. That's what he's done for years. And, you know, I was just really interested to talk about his his views on that and the effects it's had on the channel and perhaps how we can help and what we should consider when talking to salespeople or managing salespeople in this period. Because I think that coronavirus has had us all working from home and it's a lonely environment. And I think, you know, Gary probably will also talk about the effect it's had on his business and the effect it's had on him personally as well. So Peter's going to talk about his mental health and the reason he, he started this charity. But for me, really, this was all born out of, you know, my, my really good friend looked up to, you know, to suicide. But, you know, I, I, I wanted to keep awareness out there around what's, what's going on. Well, obviously, I've been uh, in the industry a number of 30 years with, with various companies at fairly high level and managing people and as a sales director, sales manager. And I actually thought of Mental Health Associates way before COVID, uh, believe it or not, and it was, it was more to do with having suffered severe mental health issues myself, having come in, uh, out of sort of sales directorship and managing people and going into consultancy and being on my own, I, I, I suffered tremendously with a sort of perfect storm with, with my wife being ill and um, my mum and dad dying. But, you know, I, I, I thought of, of why we're not addressing mental health and I, I look back at myself as a manager and what inadequacies I, I had as regards um, looking after people. And I looked at it, a lot of my friends, and talked to a lot of my friends about it, and it was very clear to see that, especially in sales, you know, it, you know, mental health is, is a very taboo subject. It's, you know, deemed that how do you address it, or are you being weak, or 
are people, if you're not performing, therefore you're useless, get rid of you and move on. And a lot of it is not down to that. I mean, a lot of it is in people's mental health. You know, there's very, very good salespeople who have gone off the boil. And it's not because they've just gone off the boil. It's because something fundamentally had happened to them. So I was thinking of then introducing mental health associates by creating a charity that would get lots and lots of people working for it, associates and volunteers who, who would just spread the word of mental health awareness. And that was the key, key factor of getting the awareness out there, but also being a listening post. So we, we, we at no stage wanted to be a, a counselling or, or, you know, there are many, many, many good charities out there. I've uh, missed a few, but I mean, our, our aim was to listen to people to give him a, a, a conversation because our associates and trustees are all very experienced people within the industry. I mean, my trustees have all, like myself, have got 30 years plus in the industry. Um, we thought it would be easier to be more empathetic towards individuals if we could talk to them rather than just being a, a cold call center, if you like. And our aim would be just to, to contact the people to contact us, have a chat with them, and then hopefully be able to point them in the right direction, whether that be in a, in to, to a more um, specific area for them or, or just looking at, at, at various ways to try and help them feel better and, and be there just as a conversation piece. And the second element for the associates really was, as I said, just going back to spreading the word, going into companies and, and doing mental health awareness programs, and, and that's what we've started to do now, and we're getting very, very positive feedback on. And we're doing all this for free. It's not something that we're putting a burden on companies to do this. We, we advise companies to take it up, and, and just we'll come in and spend half an hour, an hour with their sales team or managers, and, or, or themselves, if they're just a, an owner of a, a dealership, and just have a chat with them about the sort of things that they can, options that they've got and things that they can talk about with people and help them. So I hope that gives you some sort of guide to, to where we are and, and, and what we're trying to achieve. And obviously, with the sad death of Nick and COVID, we've accelerated the process. We weren't due to launch until actually this month, until October, November, because I thought it would be uh, applicable coming up to the end of the year. But we've launched, we launched in um, really in July because of, you know, and, and obviously... Um, Nick's death sort of accelerated this, and it's, it's it's been very sad in one way, but it's it's, it's accelerated the awareness out there. You know, the good news is that it's it, that it is getting out there now, and people are. We can just see from the feedback that we're getting that people are being more and more aware of it. There are so many elements to anyone's mental health. You know, it can be anything from a an addiction through to you know an eating disorder through to a and money-related problems or anything, that, or bereavement, you know, I mean, my mind really started off with bereavement and sort of escalated from there. So, mm-hmm. you know, there are so many elements to it that the more you look into it, the more you need to know what, it, what we want to do in raising the money and raising the funds is just to be able to provide the backbone of what we need our associates to be trained, you know, and, and associates' knowledge. And uh, when people call us, we can deal with it promptly and, and, and handle it. We've seen a lot of resellers, Peter, that have their chosen charity 
for the year. And I think that if mental health associates could be, you know, be chosen by a few or many resellers, that would be fantastic because it would. You know, raising funds is, is tough at the best of times, isn't it? And I'm really positive to keep this drive for mental health awareness because, you know, we don't look to be coming out of coronavirus anytime soon. And actually, you know, it's, it's probably worth mentioning as well, you know, it's the winter months now. When the sun's out, I think the, it's... Um, I don't know whether it makes it easier to deal with mental health issues, Peter, um, but, you know, I think... Well, I mean, it, 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 it certainly hasn't helped, and, and I've, you know, I've been speaking to people. Um, so um, a lot of people have called either through word of mouth or you know, a couple of people from the magazine, and certainly the anxiety levels are, are, are so high in, in regards to, you know, people's future and, what you know, what what this all means for them, and... Mm-hmm. There's very little you can say, but everyone's in the same position and stay positive and stay through it. Like, you know, and that, you know, it's fair. Um, people can't help themselves in, in regards to if they've got problems with sleeping or the issues of anxiety, then, you know, we can't mm-hmm. point them in the right direction and say, you know, go and visit your doctor and have a chat with him and he might just give you something that will calm you down and take that anxiety level that nervous energy away from you that may be causing you problems at home or, or go and have a chat with someone like mine or something like that and, and you know, let, let them talk it through. Or the, or we have had one situation where we've had to get a crisis team involved and that's what we did. We were able to, to help that individual. So my our mental health associates, if we save one person, we've had success. If we help hundreds, we've had success as well, like, you know, but... But, you know, the whole thought process was like, you know, let's try and help as many people as we possibly can. Gary, you've been unusually quiet. That's us that we're used to dealing with stress. But obviously, I think there's, there's a lot more of that at the moment because people that are used to living on their commissions, you know, regular commissions, and, and they've, they've stopped. People are sort of having yeah. to look at how they pay their bills, do they pay their mortgage, or what do they do? So, yeah, the effect on, on the psychology of the... Salespeople would be, I'd be really interested in hearing, Gary. Yeah, absolutely. So, this is a, a topic very close to my heart. Very, mm. very close, in fact. And, but the good news is, I mean, I've, I've done, I've now probably been studying mental health for about 12 years and trying to incorporate it into sales training. Because, as we know, salespeople, we are looked at being strong. And even if you look at job, descriptions need to be able to deal with rejection. I mean, how ridiculous is that? Um, The the good news is, though, Paul, and and everyone else that's listening, is that I don't want to trigger people here, but depression is not a virus. It's not contagious. It's an experience. And the good news is, from where I stand, is that when we have depression as a person, we could actually think of it as an alarm clock, it's your body telling you that something needs to change. So when we are feeling depressed, if we looked at it as this could be an alarm, t- alarm clock that something needs to change, it's your body saying, come and save yourself. So I, I really do encourage people to go and talk, go and find expert advice. Go and see Peter. Um, yeah, come and see me. There's so much information out there right now about mental health issues. But I think particularly in the selling environment, which is my background, often we're our own worst enemy. I just want to give you an example. 
for, particularly for those people that are not in a selling environment. So I will naturally walk into a client's building from running a training course, and the first thing that I will be struck with is a huge, great whiteboard. Now, that whiteboard has all the names of the salespeople on it, and then associated with that, it'll have all their performance figures. Now, it doesn't take a genius to work out that if someone is on a zero, that means that their commission is going to be zero as well. So there's a number of other people that have not been in sales in many organizations, and they will look at that board, and they will look at the top and think, oh, my goodness, that guy's going to take home £20,000 this month and be jealous of it. But then on the flip side of that, there'll, have, there'll be others that will look at that board, see the two or three people at the bottom that are sat on £500 or zero, and think, oh, my God, they're rubbish. But what is that salesperson actually experiencing? The thing is, being a salesperson can be a lonely existence, particularly if things get, ever get back to normal, where you're driving three, four hours a day. So you're on your own. You've got nothing but your own thoughts, and then you go and meet a prospect for the first time. We are always taught people buy from people. Is it any wonder that if someone is depressed, anxious, or worried, that someone else, people are not going to buy from those sort of people? Does that make any sense? Because it comes across in our body language, in our micromannerisms, in our posture. So that per the, the salesperson who then has to walk away ha having not sold now has to drive another three hours with their own thoughts again, which is only going to compound the issue. They then have to go home. They have to tell their partners, their wives, their husbands that they haven't sold yet again. They've got mortgages to pay. They've got bills to pay. Is it any wonder that if you look at the research, that salespeople are most likely to have credit card debts and payday loans. Is it any wonder? Um, so I think for, I'll give you a story. When I first joined the selling team, in my first year, I came absolutely rock bottom. That should give some confidence to people that I now train. And every month we used to have a sales meeting. And during that sales meeting, the top guys were lauded, but yet, and I, I kid you not, they used to play a song for people like me. This was my first year, and I had 12 years as a technical um, installer of telecoms. So I went into the sales team, absolutely useless, and they used to play a song called Hero Zero. And everyone used to point, used to laugh. Can you, sales managers and directors of companies need to appreciate that there are people out there that are not like them. Playing Hero Zero to me back then, was horrendous. I hated it. And is there any wonder I went out the next day with anxiety, with depression, worried about coming home saying that I sold nothing. So from a selling point of view, I totally understand where many salespeople will find themselves right now. If it's okay with you, there's also the other side of that, which is sales management. We've all been in situations where a sales director, a business owner, or a sales manager is criticizing someone that isn't performing. Then they say people buy from people. Phrases like activity, activity, activity. We hear it all the time. Get on the phone, get on the phone, make more calls, make more calls, go and see more people, go and see more people. If someone is struggling with mental health issues, it doesn't matter how much crap you eat. It doesn't turn into a chocolate cake. So I, I think there's a responsibility for sales managers 
to appreciate and to understand the issues within their team. And if someone is at the bottom, just play the whole story through about what that person is experiencing, not just the zero that's on the board for everyone else to see. Gary, if you don't mind me interrupting me, we don't really want to associate non-performers with mental health because it affects everyone. I mean, you know, I, I have 20 years of hitting target and won every award in this industry and, and nationally that, that was ever done, but I still, I still took on depression. And you see it with footballers who are earning 60,000 pounds a week can still suffer with depression. I understand where you're coming from, and I, I was probably one of those banging the drum back in the day. I think things have changed slightly in the sense that if, if that ever happened again, if someone stood up and people were pointing, hopefully they would just get their phone out and record it on video. So I think things have changed somewhat, but there is still an element out there. And, and part of that reason is that it's the early detection of mental health. And you could have the most successful business in the world, but depression can still hit them. How do we raise the awareness? And I think what you said there about getting people to talk is the most important thing. Because how do you raise awareness so that people can spot it and say, look, just make a call. Just do yourself a favor and make a call. If it's mental health associates, great, then we can point them. Or make a call to someone or go and see your doctor. Top performers can catch depression. can't affect anyone. I wholeheartedly agree with that. What I think does need to be talked about, and I use Nick as an example now, I knew Nick had, you know, historic mental health issues, but he was dealing with that with very small doses of prescription drugs. You know, he was, he was taking those as directed. If you looked at his life, there aren't many people that wouldn't say, yeah, I'll, I'll take that life, you know, because it looked like he was living the dream. You know, he had a fantastic wife, fantastic family, you know, he had a successful business. For me, from not having struggled with mental health, my my actual struggle came, and, and the reason I want this to be talked about more is because, you know, Nick was my friend. I spoke to him on the Wednesday before, and, and you know, he did it on the Monday. And, you know, there's part of me that always says, you know, why, why couldn't he talk to me about it? Why couldn't he talk about his, his wife, who he loved dearly, about it? It's... It's that understanding and, you know, mental health associates for me being that avenue that people can go down that, that I know it's not it's not part of their network, so they can open up to what would be, in fact, a total stranger, which some people might think is harder, but other people might think that that's far easier because, you know, whenever, if you want to go and see something, it's quite often easier to speak to a stranger about something than it is to speak to a friend. Where I'd be interested with, from, from Gary's point of view, do you think, Gary, that we can get people to talk more? You've been involved in the psychology of this. How, how do we get people to talk, to open up? Yeah, it's, um, it's a difficult thing, Peter. And um, what I've said to a lot of people is that if mental health was represented by a wart on your forehead, yeah. <laughs> you would go and see someone within seconds because everyone could yeah. see that you were struggling with something. But the fact that yes. it's hidden... And I think society um, needs to change, and, and the way that we talk about this as well. Uh, you hear phrases like, man up, grow, yeah, grow a pair. I mean, th these are so destructive. How I've described this to people before is that if you've ever, and this, this might sound so left field, if you've ever tried to put a flat pack 
cabinet together from Ikea without the instructions, without a strategy, you're going to get it wrong. So I, I always say to people, yeah, I, there are strategies out there to overcome mental illness, but you need to go and acquire these strategies and follow the plan. How do you get, how, how do you get people to talk? For all intents and purposes, when people see me, um, like, like I say, you know, I've trained in 28 countries. I've been flown around the world, and I stand on stage, and I'm the most confident person in the world because I know my subject. I know it inside out, so it doesn't matter what questions come my way. I know that I've, I've got an answer or a strategy for someone. The fact is, and there are other people within telecoms that have seen this in me, in a social situation, I am the person sat in the corner who doesn't want to interact with people. I am much more confident stood on stage than I am face-to-face -face with people. Why am I saying this? Because, as Peter was saying, yeah, you're right, it's not just the underperformers. It's everyone. So my anxiety comes from fear. I, I, my, my depression and my, my loneliness always comes from fear. Fear of, and for me there's three types of fear. There's real fear, which is the physical pain. There's the process fear, which is the fear of going through the process. And I think that's often an anxiety of people who are willing to talk to someone. It's the, the fear, the pain of having to go through that process. And then for some people, it's the fear of the outcome. What happens if I'm no longer depressed? And I know that sounds strange, but when you are absolutely consumed by it, for some people, it's a comfort blanket. I know that sounds ridiculous, but they know the feeling. They understand it, and they've accepted it. The fear of being released from that can often cause a void. So, again, that can often cause anxiety as well. And going back to what Peter said about how do we get people to talk, I think what we're doing now in ourselves, being up front, and people would not necessarily believe that you know, any one of us have, have suffered from it. You'd called me up. If you'd called us up, just for example, you said there are so many different people out there that can help. But for someone who's got anxiety at a, of a high level or a, diff, you know, a different level, um, there's, a, there's a very good website called nopanic.org.uk, and so I call a helpline, and they, they specialise in self-help uh, for in recovery for specific anxieties. So uh, I, I was just using that as an example, Gary. But it, it's just to try and point people in, in a direction that sort of says, you know, more specific for what they're looking at. And uh, that's hopefully yeah. how we, would, we could help. So I think for me as well, just jumping in on that is how we get people to talk. Yes. It, it's giving them the ability to have a voice, knowing where to go, because a lot of the time they don't know where to go. So what would be fantastic is as resellers throughout the channel to publicise mental health associates inwardly. I know that a load of channel partners have got mental health first aiders and they've actually, like you said, Peter, this has accelerated it, you know, so they've got mental health first aiders that they now say, Paul's trained in mental health, you can go and see him. I'm not, by the way, but you can go and see him, talk about it, and then if there was the ability to say, okay, I'm going to phone mental health associates now and talk yeah. to them about this. They're taking steps, but I think actually having... We were just an alternative for them. I, I fully uh, endorse anyone who has a first aider, a mental first aider. And some people have buddy systems where you buddy up yeah. with for, for your mental health and you can buddy up. Mm. But uh, what I'd like us to be out there for is just an alternative because 
as you say, Nick is a good example. He, people don't often talk to their buddies or they don't often talk internally into uh, to see, especially salespeople, they don't want to seem weak. They don't want to seem as if, oh, you know, they're just going to say I'm a nut job or I'm depressed, so therefore I can't do anything. We're just there as a maybe a second alternative for them or a, another option for them. And I think when you have mental health, the more options you've got, the better it is for your for your mental health. Because mm-hmm. someone, not everyone will tell you the right thing, but it's like your medication. You, you may not get your medication right first time. I didn't. For, for me, for sure, for sure, it didn't. It took me probably six times before I, I thought, well, actually, now I feel a lot better, you know. And mm-hmm. it's, it's so, so I think it's just trying to get the contact out there that people have got this as an option and they should take so it. So, Peter, go on. That, that, that's probably an opportune time. Do you want to tell everyone the, sort of the website and the telephone number yep. for Mental Health Associates? Yep. Our website's still being built. It's one of the things we're raising right. funds for and trying to get funds raised. So I'll do three things. Our national telephone number is 0330 You can contact yep. me at peter.or at mentalhealthassociates.co.uk. And our GoFunding webpage is just at GoFundMe stroke mental health associates. And anything, no matter how small, would, would, would help us uh, just build this, this network of associates. The aim is we're currently on seven. We'd like to go to 100 uh, associates. And the reason why we're going to go for 100 is just to get the word out there so that the associates can just pop into places and, you know, continually give information to companies that need it. And, and just go out there and just do the awareness road shows. And I think within the M25 alone, there, at one point there was 3,500 resellers. There's a lot to get round, you know, and the whole IT industry, no matter how big or small, we want to try and approach them. Yeah, uh, I think it's great. And, Gary, I think that we've talked about this sort of, it's what you do every day, is talking about the sort of psychology of sales. I think what you were saying about how businesses deal with salespeople, but also, you know, taking into account that their mental health will undoubtedly have been affected. You know, it might not have pushed them into depression, but actually people in general are struggling through coronavirus Mm. because of the nuts and bolts of sales have changed, haven't they? You know, new business sales have slowed down for a lot of businesses. And I mentioned it earlier for salespeople, you know, that means, like you said, going home to, to your wife or your husband and saying, you know, we're going to struggle to pay the mortgage this month. And the stress and the pressure that brings, it's just an avenue for people to go and talk talk that through, isn't it? Sometimes those individuals are now working from home, so they're in front of their wife all the time. So they're they're seeing the sort of stress level at 24-7. Peter, you, you have just hit the nail on the head, and I was, I was going to cover that point as well. You're absolutely right. Salespeople are now having to do their presentations or their sales meetings remotely, often with mm-hmm. family members in the room. Even with what I do, I record videos. But I get anxious recording a video if mm-hmm. my partner and my son are in the house because I don't want them listening. The other thing is, and I don't want to stray away too much, but now we have remote sales meetings. I think resellers, companies need to understand that it is a different discipline. And the flamboyant, over-enthusiastic, the salesy type salespeople that were face-to-face, that sold through their personality, some of those are not being able to translate a lot of that into a remote selling environment. 
you know, a stage theatre actor, put him in front of his green screen in a Hollywood blockbuster, isn't going to cut it necessarily. So, yeah, I've, I've seen what you would call the confident, high-performing salespeople contact me privately and say, Gary... This is not the same. You know, how you control the meeting. Anyway, we're going down a training aspect. But, um, yeah, even that is causing anxiety. So I think that business owners, sales directors, need to appreciate that, yes, we do have to change our selling methods now, but that in itself is causing anxiety within certain people. Just a quick end. We're obviously looking for associates, and I was pleased to say that we got our first female associate on board yesterday for training, but we're looking for as many diverse associates as possible, so please call that number if you'd like to become a, an associate, and we will get back to you. Peter, you're creating mental health associates, and I know you're adding more associates all the time. You added one yesterday, but what makes a good mental health associate, and what, what are those people? You know, What do they look like, I suppose? Yeah, I mean, first of all, what we're looking for is people who, who just want to help others. So people who are good listeners, we will provide them with training, which will help them about mental health awareness and where to point people to. And we will give them the information that they need and to be able to point people in direction. We're not asking them to be counsellors. We're just asking them to be good listeners and assign posting. We'd also like them to spread the word. So we'd also like them to visit as many companies as they can or people as they can just to talk about mental health awareness. And again, we will give them the tools to, to operate that. Typically, the, the individuals that we're looking for are people who have had um, a lot of experience within the industry, maybe have managed, maybe have been in sales a long time, but people who have got some relevance to the sort of people that they're going to be talking to. So it's individuals, the majority that we've taken on are people who have been in the industry for 20 years plus. But the lady that we took on yesterday was in it 10 years, but she's had some mental health issues that she's got over and she wants to help others. So that was a perfect example for the sort of individual that we want. Peter, I know that obviously mental health rears its head in a lot of different ways. What should we as individuals, business owners, colleagues, what, what should we look out for in their behaviour or anything really to try and help? Well, there are many things that you can look at. Of course, it's, it's often the ones that you can't visually see. But visualization can be that they're, they're either they look tired or they're not looking as they used to. They're a bit disheveled. They're not taking a look after their appearance. Their skin might be different. They may be more angry or, or agitated. But the, the, the main thing that I would like to say about this, and it comes back to the same thing, is talk to people encourage your reseller proprietors to, to talk to people and just ask them about it. Just try and open the conversation by just saying, how is your mental health? Are you okay? Is everything okay? You know you can talk yeah. about it. And if you don't want to talk to me about it, here's a telephone number you can talk about it. That is the most important element of it. It's not about everyone knows everyone's in a struggle at the moment, but it's important to ask that question, how is your mental health? You know, what, is there anything we can do to help or is there anyone you want to talk to? That's a hugely important point is when we ask the question, and, and Gary, you all have seen this a lot, I think, but when I was speaking to Nick the Wednesday before he did what he did, because I knew he had mental health issues, I always said, you know, you, you open the call up, well, you're all right, mate? And he, and he would answer, yeah, I'm all right, blah, blah, you know, this, that and the other. But I'd always, and I, I do this with a few of my friends, that I always ask, are you really all right? Is there anything that 
is everything okay? And really try and push the point a little bit, because I think you're right. At the moment, it's a lot more difficult. So, yeah, I just think asking the question, we've, we've got to ask the question more. And be, I think as, you know, I know this, this isn't sexist in any way, but I think this male, we, have, we haven't talked about this, this male, I don't know what the wording is, we probably struggle to talk more. And especially male to male, I think that maybe we even struggle struggle with that even more. But you know, getting men to open up, it's difficult. Paul, it's, Paul, sorry to interrupt. It's a society thing. I mean, it just yeah. just listen to the words: strong man, man up, grow a set. Yeah. You know, yeah. Men, and I'm very passionate about this. Men have been looked at as weak for saying. There's something not right in my head. And I think in general, the man-up culture, it has to change because yeah. it's, it's, it, that, that actually does more harm than good. And our whole, our whole culture is about strong man, man-up, you know, uh, eye-to-eye, you know, fight the battle, get over it. You need strategies. Like I said about the IKEA thing, without the instructions, you don't know what you're doing. So get some help, follow the instructions. I actually think you're more of a man to say, do you know what? There's a part of my life which I'm struggling with than to brave it out because when you brave it out, who else are you affecting? Correct. You mentioned it there, Gary, but the last thing, and Peter, you, we talked about this before this call, actually, but go to your doctor. From a personal point of view, I know that's you know what you did, Peter, and it was the, it's, yes. the, it's the first step forward, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, um, as I say, unfortunately, and the reason why I said mental health associates in, in action was because I got to a point where suicide was my only option, and, and it was it was it was to a point where it was I was beyond recovery, and you know, a failed suicide attempt basically um, sparked lots of people into action, and lots of people started talking to me about it, and it wasn't through it was through all of that that I saw that you know, okay. But you don't want people getting to that stage. We want to try and get, you know, we want to try and address it early, early in the process. You know, we can help more and more people by just addressing it early in the process. And it doesn't matter how small their anxiety is or depression is. And, you know, we we talk about it. It it does come in all shapes and sizes, and men and women. So we just got to help each other. For the last seven months, doesn't take a genius to work out that as a public speaker and a trainer, my business has stopped trading effectively. From a physical standing on stage training sales teams, it's been an absolute disaster. And I don't mind saying, that, you know, as, as a business owner, I couldn't furlough myself. There's no government support. So for seven months, I've had absolutely no income. I still get up every morning because I know how I, I know the strategies that I need to use to stop myself going into a downward spiral. What's fascinating here is that I have helped, and I know I've helped so many people in the industry, both individuals, both companies, both directors, resellers. How many of those do you think have contacted me and thought to themselves, my God, I wonder, what, wonder what's happened with Gary. Is he all right? Not one. For me, it's sad and it's a shame. So, yes, I know we've been talking about go and get some help. But on the flip side of that, if you are sat listening to this and you think to yourself, I wonder how that person's doing, mm-hmm. pick up the phone and ask them. Yeah. I think compassion is, is, is a massive way forward here. Let's just start being kind to each other and thinking about, you know, yes, we're all struggling right now. And if we're all struggling, we can all help each other. 
But the problem with depression and anxiety is that one of the major signs, as we talked about before, is isolation. And we tend to go into our shells and we tend not to talk to other people. We tend to keep things to ourselves. I think let's just be open and honest. Just to talk about that is I had a friend, a dear friend of mine, who, who I hadn't spoke to in for a while. And I was calling them all the names under the sun because I hadn't, you know, hadn't heard from them. And we'd been the best of friends and I'd left the industry or gone away from the mainstream of the industry and I hadn't heard from him. He was still in it. And I only heard last week from from another friend that he had suffered himself. He had had a, a real major operation and he had been out for a long time and then had a lot of depression. And I felt terrible because I hadn't called him. So it's all about, you know, making that call. Just do it. Basically, just make the call. Speak to someone, speak to your friends, speak to your colleague and just see how they are. So, as we've heard, mental health comes in lots of different shapes and forms and there's plenty you can do if you're struggling or if you recognise that a friend or a colleague is also struggling. The number that Peter mentioned during the podcast for the Mental Health Associates helpline will be on our website, but just in case anyone is listening and wants to call, that number is 033 012 44338. Thanks for listening.